You're listening to Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 208. I think that the best way that we can motivate ourselves to sell is by really embracing all of the ways that we can help. Attention gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. Pursuing your dream can be fun. Whether you have an established business or are looking to start one now, you are in the right place. This is Gift Biz Unwrapped, helping you turn your skill into a flourishing business. Join us for an episode packed full of invaluable guidance, resources, and the support you need to grow your gift biz. Here is your host, gift biz gal, Sue Monheit. Hi there, it's Sue, and thank you so much for joining me today. We are going to start off by another listener review, and this is from somebody that I connected with over in Instagram. Oh my gosh, it's been a little while now. Annie of Natural Annie Essentials, and she writes, love listening while pouring my candles. Thank you for your amazing show, Sue. I've been a longtime listener, and the show just gets better and better. Always tuned in. Oh my gosh, Annie, thank you so much for that. And I love it on two fronts. First off, that you're being productive because you're working while you're listening. So that's always good. But second, candles, my favorite thing, as most people know. And if you're new to the show and you don't know, just stay tuned. You'll understand with the very first question. And if you're an Instagrammer, Why don't we connect just like Annie and I did several years ago? My handle over on Instagram is giftbizunwrapped. Now, I'm excited about pretty much every show that I bring to you, but this one in particular, I think, serves a need that we all have, and that is how do we approach sales so that we're not feeling pushy and uncomfortable? Wouldn't it be something if we could talk about our product and share with people why it would be so valuable for them to have in a way that felt good and energized both of us? That's where we're headed with this show. And since it is always important to be bringing in new business, there is no time to waste. Let's jump right into the show. Today, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Mariana Cruz of Impact Driven Entrepreneur. Mariana is a certified business coach and consultant and international best-selling author. She uses her background in brain science, hospital administration, and 12 years of marketing sales and business experience to help market in a way that attracts your ideal clients and converts followers to clients through service-based selling. She's been featured in various podcasts, blogs, including Huffington Post, Today.com, and the Millionaire Insider Extravaganza. Through working with hundreds of businesses, she has empowered them to increase their profit and serve more people all over the world. And today, we are so lucky because she gets to serve us. Mariana, thank you so much and welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Hi, Sue. Thanks for having me. I want to jump right into the very first question that I ask every single guest, and that is to give us a little bit of a different look at you through a motivational candle. So if you were to share with us what color your candle would be and what a quote or some type of saying would be on your candle, what would it look like? So it would be a rose gold because that's my favorite color. Ooh, and that's like the (laughs) new hot color too. Yeah, and it would say everything happens for us. So basically, that means that 
even if you may be going through something that is tough, it's all happening for your highest good. And it's all happening for you to learn the next lesson on your path. I like that because it makes you a little more accepting of what's going on, even if it's not necessarily what you wanted to happen in a certain situation. Exactly. And then we don't step into the victim mode, but we can actually start to see the lessons and just really move forward and really embrace it because sometimes our darkest moments can be really, really transformative in our lives. Where the biggest changes are made for sure, but we don't see it that way when we're in it most of the time. And what you're talking about is saying, okay, look at this from a different perspective. You're going to work through it and just recognize it while you're in the midst of that messiness. Exactly. Share with us a little bit more how you've gotten to where you are right now. Sure. So I started off when I was 23. I graduated from nursing school and my first job was in the neurosurgical ICU. So I worked in brain surgery as a brand new graduate nurse, which was scary. (laughs) Just that whole thing sounds scary even now. (laughs) That sounds like a super serious field of medicine for sure. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And so I really loved it because since I was a child, first of all, there's many things about me. Number one, since I was a kid, I was always into entrepreneurial stuff. In fact, I know a lot of your audience is in crafts and creating things. I mean, I literally, when I was seven, created my first business where I was going door to door collecting cans because we lived in university housing. We were immigrants, like I came from Venezuela. And I'm like, well, we're living on college campus. What do we got a lot of here? And it's like cans, right? Like they're always drinking. (laughs) So you were collecting cans and exchanging them for money? Yeah, so I would purchase them because I was like, I'm like, this is amazing. In the US, you can get money for this. But I'm like, I don't want to take that away from anyone. So I'll just make it as like a service. So we would purchase them from everybody and we would take them to the store for them. And I was seven, legit, when this started. And then through my entire childhood, I mean, I've made jewelry and like all the things that you do when you're a child and you're an entrepreneur in your core, all of that. Now, why did I go to nursing school and do that? Because my parents are both professors. So it's like you had to go to college and do that. Like that was just the path that I was on. When I graduated, I started at the neurosurgical ICU and I loved it. It was intellectually very stimulating for me. And I really enjoy that kind of stimulation. My physical body, though, was suffering. By the time I was 25, I already had some pretty severe physical injuries from lifting and carrying patients and the type of work that we were doing overnight shifts and all that kind of stuff. So I eventually was like, okay, I can use my intellect, my brain to actually rise up to a different level within the hospital. And that's what I started to realize is the higher level thinking I can do, the more of a raise I can give myself. And so I ended up going into hospital administration the following years and was about to oversee three hospitals in Texas when my preemie daughter was born at just two pounds. And when I shared my quote, this is really the biggest lesson I learned from this experience. It was the hardest time in our lives because I already had a 16-month-old baby, and then I have a two-pound baby in the ICU for over 68 days having open-heart surgery. And as a nurse, like knowing all of that, you can get really deep into the rabbit hole of like what is going to happen very quickly. You know way too much. Way too much. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my way word. Too much. 
so when that happened, I, of course, my entrepreneurial self had already been like, I had real estate property and I already had an online coaching business that I was working on the side. And I was so grateful to that business because when that happened, I just leaned into that. I said, you know what? I may not be able to go back to my job ever. But what I can do right now in the hospital bedside, literally when your baby's a preemie, she was being fed through tubes and stuff, but I would pump in the breastfeeding room and I would just pump and work on my business. So I was like lead generating, like online social media, building my website, all that to really up level what I was doing and really take that business more seriously. And I think that was exactly what needed to happen for me to take that next step because being in that level of a cushy job that I was in, I just didn't really have the courage to go all into my business because I was really comfortable financially. And (laughs) you know what I mean? So it was the perfect thing that happened, even though it was scary. I'm quite sure it was. I I bet it was a sanity play too for you. You know, you could start working on that business, but you weren't just sitting at the hospital focusing on everything that was going on. You had a little bit of a diversion, even though you were fully there when you needed to be. Exactly. So just from your own mental health perspective, I think it was good. As entrepreneurs, we always talk about there was an event that made us switch or whatever, but there are some people who will be in administration and that's absolutely fine. And that's like, you could have been happy possibly doing what you were doing for exactly the reasons you said. But I want to point out that what you were talking about and recognized early is that feel for entrepreneurship, even when you were little. Before that Mm -hmm. word, probably anybody knew what that word was. Exactly. I think that's a good thing to point out for all of our listeners here is that if that's how you felt, then pay attention to that. Because like your story is, Mariana, you could have just stayed in administration because it was safe and you liked it. I heard nothing in your story that said you didn't like what you were doing. No, I loved it. And that was also sort of the problem, right? Because that internal entrepreneur self was still scratching. (laughs) So, I mean, you never know the answer to this, but I'm just curious. Do you think that you could have remained content with a job like that for the rest of your life? Or do you think ultimately was that interest of doing your own thing and building your own thing? Do you think that would have welled up over time anyway? It would have probably welled up over time because what I was going to do next was, so when I got asked to oversee the three hospitals, I said, you know what? I still feel a little unqualified to be doing that. (laughs) Of course, like my inner low self-esteem like always would come up. So I was actually going to go back and redo a master's and finish a master's in healthcare administration so that I could be even higher up in administration. But I think very quickly what probably would have happened is the same frustrations that I was already experiencing in the middle part of management in the hospital, and that was lack of autonomy. So I think eventually I probably would have seen that and been like, what am I doing? (laughs) But who knows how many years. Right. And dollars spent, right? Like getting another degree to qualify that I was actually worthy of this. It was just like all of this stuff that I thought I needed when really, like I said, I was an entrepreneur in my core. Yeah, for sure. This wasn't a part of the conversation that I thought we were going to take, but I think it was a good conversation to have for some of our listeners who might find themselves in that situation. It's another angle for them to reflect on their own situation. 
Absolutely. And one other thing I really know about our listeners is that we all care so much about our guests as well. Can you share a little bit more of your story with your daughter? Like, how did that progress? We don't have to go through long, but I know we're going to leave it unfinished and everyone's going to be like, is she okay? What happened? (laughs) Yeah, no, she's totally fine. I mean, that's the miracle, right? Like she is healthy. She's three years old. She's in school, literally no developmental delays, nothing. She had a little bit of therapies and stuff in the beginning, but now she's fine. Wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing that personal part. It's a great add to the story again for everyone who's listening. And yay, I have a big smile on my face. So love that about (laughs) your daughter. Okay, so I want to talk about service-based selling and impact, the type of impact that you can really see, which is one of the things that you teach and part of your expertise. And my audience, I'll tell you, when we talk about challenges, it's how do I get new customers and how do I convert them into sales? But oh my gosh, I'm not going to be salesy. I don't want to be sleazy you know, and all of that, how do I do this in a natural way? So I'm excited to dive into your information here, Mariana. Yeah, I think that this is so important. So if you're struggling with the sales aspect, I want you to not think of it in terms of this is something I'm doing to someone. And this is a subtle word choice, but it makes a huge difference in how you approach it. Instead, what we're going to do is say, how can this help more people? This is something that I'm doing to serve others. And that subtle shift makes it from something that we're either convincing someone to do or manipulating someone to do. And instead, it is an act of love. Perfect. And I think some of us who have been in the sales days of old, it was always, well, even if they don't need it, figure out a reason why they do need it so that you can sell it to them. And now it's so different. To your point, if it's going to help them, you have something to offer. And that's the approach you take. Absolutely. So you talk about five different levels of impact that you can have for your clients. Share with us a little bit about what that's about. Yeah. So I think that the best way that we can motivate ourselves to sell is by really embracing all of the ways that we can help right? So what does that service even look like? So number one is your business is obviously going to impact your life. So right now it may be a side hustle, but as you take that business and work with Sue and keep building it up so that it becomes your full-time job, that is going to change your quality of life. Okay. So the first level of impact is your life, how you get to live your life. That brings to mind for me, that you really need to decide what you want your life to look like and then see how whatever you're doing with your business fits into it. And the reason I say that, Mariana, I'd be interested in your comments about it is, and I can think of one person, we've actually had them as a guest on the show. He's a potter and he used to be a lawyer, like a big time lawyer and health-wise got sick with his job because of the stress and the pressure. And he's like, why am I doing this? Well, he stopped, started a pottery business. He has a great like a location. He sells at craft shows. He loves what he's doing and he doesn't want to get any bigger. I mean, that is what he wants to do for his life. And it's not always bigger's better, right? So when you talk about your life and how your life changes, for some people, it might just be something they want part time and never want to replace what they're doing because they like their nine to five. They like the security, the insurance, whatever. Or maybe they do want to replace. We have a lot of people who want to do that too. But be realistic about how everything fits in your life. I mean, I could go on and on about just this one point, Mariana, because I think it's so important. 
It is. And I love what you're saying here because it is an internal choice. Do not do it based on your friend Sally or somebody who you saw on the internet that looks super happy. (laughs) Right, because we always know there's another story. They could be happy, but it's not the whole story, right? (laughs) Exactly. So I totally agree with you. And whatever that looks like for you is the most important part. However, through doing your business, there's going to be some positive impact. So let's identify it and intentionally create it. Perfect. Yep. Wonderful. Okay, got it. Okay, so number two is how it's going to impact your clients. So because you showed up and did the pottery, right? How is that going to bring joy to those clients? How is that going to help those people? And for some of you, you may be like, I don't know, right? And I've worked with artists before, and that's where they're like, I don't know how this is really going to help them. And I'm like, what do you mean? If I am struggling with, I don't like the decor of my home, it will bring me immense joy to have this in my home. If I'm wanting to have a really cute outfit for a date, if I have a certain piece of jewelry, it's going to make me feel really, really good, really confident, really happy, whatever those feelings are. So I think that we sometimes take that for granted, like what it brings to our clients, but there's something. And so really looking at how you want that to impact is really important. Yeah. And I think verbalizing it also for you to know, then is a way that you're going to be able to talk about the value of the product that you offer for everybody else. Like if someone, and I'm talking to you guys, gift biz listeners right now, is if you just made a product that solves a problem, then that's obviously how it's going to help your customer. Okay, so you have a new way of cutting cookies, or it's a new pin that'll keep your scarves together, you know, whatever it is, solve some type of a problem. But it could just be, it's the joy and the feeling and all of that that Mariana's just described. It also can help if you are, while you were talking to Mariana, I was thinking about this too, people who make cookies or cupcakes or have a bakery, the food that you create helps deepen relationships with people they're going to share it with. Maybe it's a cupcake with coffee or a scone with coffee or something like that. So no matter what your product is, I think often we feel exactly like what Marianne is saying, that there isn't a problem that it's solving. Well, it might not be a problem necessarily, but it enhances something. The beauty of the home deepens a relationship, makes you feel better about yourself when maybe you've been kind of down and out for a little while or something and you put on a scarf that you love, things like that. These are really good, Marianne, and we're only on number two. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Okay, so number three is all about your team. So when this really hit home for me, so when I started my business, I was living in Texas, as I said, and it gets hot. It's like 110 degrees in the summer. And we had hired a nanny to come to our house and watch the kids and cook and clean and like do all those things. And she was a retired woman. She had retired from a nonprofit. And I found out that through working for us, she was saving up to buy an air conditioner. And I thought to myself, holy cow, how do you not have an air conditioner in 110 degree heat, right? Right. And so had I not had the business, had I not been able to hire her, she would be stuck without an air conditioner and without being able to buy an air conditioner. I mean, who knows, she might have gotten a different job or whatever, right? But that impact really hit home for me. 
And so there is so much you can do through your team in affecting their life. Because you were able to run a business profitably and were able to hire someone, you're changing their life. And would you also add things like you're able to enhance their skills based on things that they learn doing a job for you, all that type of thing too? Absolutely. Absolutely. We actually do take interns in my company. So we take interns and it's a lot of that. They're like, oh my gosh, I did not know I could be able to do this. Or I didn't know that I would learn so much about psychology. Or I didn't know that I could learn how to get over my fear of sales, right? Like all of this stuff, right? It's like you're enhancing their skills. And then what are they going to be able to do because of that experience? Yeah, I don't think that many of us think about that within our business. We're so busy getting things done, getting orders out, making products, selling more, that you think about that. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, isn't Mariana sharing such fabulous guidelines for selling with us? We're gonna hear the final two ways we can embrace and help through our business, right after a word from our sponsor. This podcast is made possible thanks to the support of the Ribbon Print Company. Create custom ribbons right in your store or craft studio in seconds. Visit theribbonprintcompany.com for more information. So the next one is all about how you can give back in bigger ways. I think this is what most people think of when they think of making a difference. They're like, oh, when my company gets to X revenue, then we'll give back in bigger ways. So we don't have to go too much into it, but For some of my clients, especially as you're getting in a higher income level where it really isn't like all of the impact in your life is not going to be seen as much, you can really lean into this part. You can say, you know what, I really want to sponsor this or donate here or support this cause. And that can really help to motivate you, especially if you're already doing well, but you want to take it up to the next level. Wonderful. I'm thinking also, we have several people that I know I've worked with who have started businesses because of the impact that they want to make. They're perhaps selling products from third world countries and empowering women who are making those products, but selling over here in America or in Europe. So their whole reason for being in business unto itself is a cause. That kind of merges number three and four together, I think, a little bit. But so if you have something like that that's really ingrained into your business, I'm thinking you'd want to get the word out about that. This is the base behind your company, right? Yes. And that's kind of how I look at all of them, actually. If you're really pushing because of those impacts, right, whatever they are, whichever one is lighting up the most for you right now, use that as your courage for selling. Because you're so committed to the cause, you kind of forget. And again, you're going back to the point that there is something that you have to offer. You're not pushing it on people. But I think when you say your courage for selling is like, stop thinking about yourself and think about what the impact is. Exactly. But I think taking this devil's advocate, if you will, I think I'm hesitating because I'm thinking through this a little bit. You don't want to create a cause just to have a cause-based initiative. You don't have to. I mean, you need to have some portion of your heart into it. You don't want to just say, oh, well, we want to look like we're really supportive of something. So let's choose something and just do it. You want to have some type of connection. Yeah. And that's why I think like what I found with my clients is some clients are so motivated by that cause, like just like you mentioned, some of your clients were. 
that's their sole thing. But there's other clients that that is less important. What is more important is perhaps the client side or perhaps it's the team side. So I think it's really just, again, tuning in just like our version of success. What does your version of successful impact mean? And if it's not the cause, then don't put yourself pressure to be the cause. And don't create something just because you feel you have to check off that list either, because it won't look genuine then. Exactly. And it won't feel right. Right. But having said that, too, you could do things that are a point in time. Like, let's say your community does a 5K race and all of the proceeds go to a humane society and animals or like something like that. You could help sponsor things that are a point in time, too. Absolutely. An overarching need or just individual projects, if you will, I guess I'd say. Absolutely. And so the value of this number four is obviously the impact on whatever type of money that you're able to make that can help support the charity. I know you have to talk about it in your business or else no one's going to understand it. But how much do you hype what you're doing so that you don't cross the line of looking self-serving, too self-serving? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think you're right. I think that is a fine line. For us, it's more like, that's just what we do. We don't talk about it that much, but I have seen other people talk about it a lot. And so I think it also just means it goes back to what do you feel comfortable with? And also, I think, too, as a brand, is that something that your audience cares about? If they do, then I think it's worth it to share more. And Mm. maybe I haven't been sharing enough now that I'm thinking about it. (laughs) Like, maybe I should be sharing more of that. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. And that makes a lot of sense because just by nature of who your audience is, is this something that they can get behind? I also think if it's something really personal to you, like let's use Mariana's example with her daughter. If you had something that was going on with a client in your community, something that was very personal to you and you were sharing it, they could get behind it because of you, because they care about you and your business and your brand and the company too. Exactly. I think it all goes back to that it just has to be genuine. Mm -hmm. I think so too. And again, like you said, it could be those small projects. I know when I did one of my launches a while back, there was a lady at the gym and she was just leaving a very abusive relationship and had these two tiny kids and had no money. So we donated diapers and clothing and things like that to her. Again, it was a one point in time. And for me, it was like just that impact was so big because she was totally not expecting it. So it was really fun. That's awesome. Yeah. So things like that. And right now, Venezuela, I don't know if you know, but it's going through a lot. And so we've been doing stuff. My dad actually sends like medical supplies and things to Venezuela through a charity that he runs. So we do things like that, where It's like a special cause or something really going on, but it's not like we're sharing it every day on social media, if that makes sense. Right. So it's not like your company is a front for the whole cause either. There's got to be balance. Exactly. Yeah. So that's a perfect example because this is part of your story and people who are part of Impact Driven Entrepreneur resonate with you and care about you and understand that that's important to you and want to support it. Exactly. So it's a perfect example. Yeah. Okay. And what about number five? What do we have there? Okay. Number five. I think it's, I don't know. We'll see what you guys think. So number five is invisible impact. It's because you decided to show up, good things happened. 
and you may never know about it. <laughs> so for example, if you're marketing online, there may be a post that you did. You may have shared something. You may have shared a story that hit a nerve with someone in a positive way. And just because you showed up to do your marketing that you were supposed to be doing anyway, you may have helped somebody brighten their day. And for me, that's the one that gives me the most goosebumps because you will never know. And it's also just the beauty of getting to be in business. I so agree with you. I went off on a tirade the other day with people in my Makers MBA program. I won't say a tirade, but there was a question that came up and someone was just having a challenging day, if you will. And I'm like, let's just stop here and recognize that these are the things we wanted to be doing. And along with that comes some challenging days, some great days. But if you could pull yourself out of your body and look at what you're able to do and have your own business, how cool is that? Right. And we forget about that sometimes because, again, we're so close. We're in the middle or in the midst of everything. Exactly. I love this concept of invisible impact. And I'm thinking just bringing up the concept in and of itself, just having the idea that that's the truth of it, you know, makes you feel good about it, even though you said because you're not going to really necessarily know. Right. Exactly. Have you ever been in a situation where you're out at maybe a conference or randomly someone sends you an email out of the blue or maybe it's a review on your podcast and someone says, I've been listening to you for years, I'd never be in the place I am right now or you're the one who helped me make this move. I mean, every once in a while those things come out with actions that you took a long time ago. Yes, absolutely. That's happened to me multiple times, like a random podcast that I did, somebody messaged me and said, Oh, thanks for that strategy. I just booked two clients from one free podcast. Thank you. And I was like, what? Yay! <laughs> I was like, that's amazing, right? But I always think of the invisibility of that because that was amazing that I got to hear that from her. But like, also, what if there was others? Or what if another episode help somebody in a different way. That's the beauty. That is the beauty. And if there's one, more than likely there are others. Exactly. And to relate it to people who are listening, maybe someone just enjoys your beautiful candle while they're taking their bath at night and it's a way to, for them to relax from their day. And how wonderful for you to be providing that moment because the scent of your candle is exactly what they need. Things like that. Yeah. And I would even go further to say like, what if that woman is a mom and she had a really stressful day, but like tomorrow, how she's going to show up as a mom is going to be so much better because she had that downtime. Right. Kind of in, in a way, indirect impact, impact in the moment, but indirect impact because it would linger on in this example. Exactly. All right. So how do we remember all of these so after we're done, our listeners are listening to the show and like I'm even thinking for myself because these are so good, Mariana, is how do you integrate these into your life and remember them? I don't know. You write them down so you can always resource them or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You can write down for me how I like to work with my clients on it is like, okay, which one are you feeling the most drive from? The most like, yes, this is the one that can really propel me forward in that dark moment. And that's the one that you're going to say, put on your vision board or put in front of your desk to really guide you. Perfect. Yeah. Just take one and really use that yes. one. I like that. 
I like that a lot. Because, you know, so often we'll listen and it all sounds good. And then we're so busy, we go on our merry way. And that's that. That's a great piece of advice here. Okay. Anything else around the five tangible levels of impact that we should talk about? Any like umbrella just to kind of summarize it all? I could summarize each if that's. Yeah, we can go back and let's do a quick review for everybody. That'd be great. Yeah, a quick review. So the first level of impact is how your business is going to affect your quality of life on a daily or weekly basis. Number two was how your business is going to affect your clients, right? So those people that are buying your products. Number three is how it will affect your team or the people you're going to be able to hire because of the business. Number four is how you may give back, whether that be a special event or something more consistent, it's really up to you. And then number five is the invisible impact. In other words, just because you showed up to market and share your product, how it might be helping others and just creating ripples of impact. Perfect. Okay, so I want to take you back to something we talked about in the beginning, and that was you in your role in administration. And I'm thinking about somebody who's listening right now who might be in a similar situation. They like what they're doing. They've got a trajectory in terms of additional education. They've had their eye on a higher level position, or they just like where they are. They're satisfied. It's working well. But they've got this feeling, just like you did, they have been an entrepreneur and done things of their own a lot, even from childhood. What would you say to that person if they're thinking about, well, should I make a leap? Should I not? Should I stay? Should I do it on the side? Should I just forget about it because the position I'm in right now is really serving me well? What would you say to that woman? I would say to trust herself because I think our intuition can guide us more than our logical mind, right? Mm, Or even like me. So I would say trust yourself. I think you know in your gut and it takes getting quiet and really just listening to what you really want and allowing yourself to have that vision and then trust it. Perfect. Yeah. Intuition so powerful. And we don't really listen enough. I agree with you there. All right. Wonderful. These are great, Marianne. I really appreciate you sharing them with us. And now we would like to share something with you. I'd like to present you with a virtual gift. It's a magical box containing unlimited possibilities for your future. So this is your dream or your goal of almost unreachable heights. It can be for impact-driven entrepreneur or something else. Please accept this gift and open it in our presence. What's inside your box? Oh my gosh, I've never shared this publicly. So (laughs) (laughs) I want to help a million people to make a bigger difference in the world. So you want to get the message out to a million people. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Well, we can all help you with that because we can share the message that you've just presented here. And obviously, my podcast will bring you to other people who have not known you yet before. So we'll help a little bit as much as we can right here and now. How's that? Oh, my gosh. Thank you. I so appreciate it. And how would people get in touch with you if they want to know more? You can visit my website, The Impact Driven Entrepreneur. And there you have access to all my content and see where our community is, the podcast, etc. Okay, and share a little bit about what you talk about on your podcast, because I'd love for you to pick up a few new listeners as well. Sure. So the podcast is all about how you can scale your business with a six-figure group program. 
And so I know we haven't really talked at all about group programs, but basically something that you're teaching and coaching your audience through and really just helping them support, supporting them along the way. Okay, so that's your area of expertise and what you really drive into in terms of your work with your clients. Exactly. Perfect. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. This has been a fabulous conversation. I really love the idea and gift biz listeners. Now I'm giving you homework. I want you to pick one of these five and put it on your vision board or make yourself a screensaver for your phone or something so that you can really take to heart one of these five and help it move you forward with your business. Mariana, I thank you so much. I've really, really enjoyed our conversation today. And I appreciate all that you've shared with my listeners here on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Sue. Isn't it amazing how it sounds so doable to sell something that we fear, but the way Mariana talks about it in terms of being a service versus being something that's aggressive and forceful and pushy. When you change your mindset about this, I'm confident that this is something we all can do. Now, service-based selling happens after you have customers already coming to you. But how do you attract those customers in the first place? That is the topic of the podcast next week. And I guarantee you, you do not want to miss it. Until then, have a wonderful and productive week. And I'll catch you next Monday on the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. I want to make sure you're familiar with my free Facebook group called Gift Biz Breeze. It's a place where we all gather and are a community to support each other. I've got a really fun post in there that's my favorite of the week, I have to say, where I invite all of you to share what you're doing, to show pictures of your product, to show what you're working on for the week, to get reaction from other people, and just for fun, because we all get to see the wonderful products that everybody in the community is making. My favorite post every single week, without doubt. Wait, what? Aren't you part of the group already? If not, make sure to jump over to Facebook and search for the group Gift Biz Breeze. Don't delay. Come join us in Gift Biz Breeze today.